Rushmore Wrestling. Have you ever had the craving for pizza but didn't want to go through the hassle of buying a whole pie just to eat a few slices and toss the leftovers two weeks ago, two weeks later in the fridge? I know we haven't, but maybe some of you have. Anyhow, I'm here to tell you about a brand new exciting adventure today called Steigel's Slice House. At Steigel's Slice House, you can get fresh, made, ready to eat slices, cut, and even provided for you with virtually no weight. And I bet you're thinking, hey Chris, is all they serve for pizza? Hell no. Steigel's Slice House. Steigel's Slice House provides you with slices of everything! Pizza, pie, cake, brownies. If you can slice it, Steigel's will sell it to you. Come on down. We're right past the Coyote Lounge on the left side of the road. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome hold on, hold episode. on. That needs a, uh, oh. a heart. Oh, get me a slice of cake. Welcome, everyone, to episode six of the Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. We are back again, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, ruining your childhood memories one sentence at a time. Joining us once again, Mr. Get Your Pen Ready, John Tremblay, Hi! 305 Live, Peter Carapasis, yes! the 10th wonder of the world, Justin Strem, Yellow. and I, the man who got expelled from the old school, Chris Parcella. Gentlemen, how are we today in day 792 of the pandemic? Uh, how do I see you. Oh. oh, so sorry, John. How do I get to Steigel's Lighthouse? Steigel's <laughs> Lighthouse. Oh, oh, it was Steigel's Slice House. <laughs> Lighthouse is a completely different venture. It's solar powered. You don't want to deal with that. Can you slice a pretzel or a hot dog? If what? you pretzel. if you can slice it, Styles will provide it to you. AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Can you slice a cheesesteak? AJ Styles. I'm AJ Styles. AJ's pretty short, huh? Last night, you could tell just... Uh, well, he's got a huge cock, though. His, hey. his, uh, his second is legitimately like 7'5", so everyone's going to look smaller but compared to him. Even, even with the... You know, he was next to Sheamus and all the guys in the ring. That, and, yeah. and maybe they're just all giants, and he's, uh, you know, probably 5'10", or something. Something normal. Something normal, yeah. He's not like the freaks like me and those guys, 6'3", yeah. and above. Yeah, you damn freaks. Yeah, freaks. So, gentlemen, uh, what's what's new? What's good? Well, and a podcast. <laughs> well, I didn't want to jump right into push and squash. Maybe well, you know, what's a little... new? We're good. Jeez, uh, guys, you know, just hanging around the house, getting ready for some turkey and some sardine stuffing. Uh, where am I put my sardine stuffing? Sardine stuffing and not turkey today. <laughs> <laughs> That is maybe the best. Uh, I'm going to redo my list now that I remembered that piece. Yeah, i got to find the Bushwhackers. Uh, <laughs> so so, they probably, uh, probably won one ever. Am I the only one that watched Survivor Series this week? Nope. I haven't I seen it yet. I, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen it. It was code for I'll never watch it. Right. <laughs> I, know I, have, I haven't seen uh, anything since SummerSlam. I didn't watch SummerSlam either. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, luckily, a great, it's, a good, it's a good thing this isn't a current day podcast, with the exception of Push or Squash. Um, I thought it was a good it was a good Survivor Series. It lived up to the hype. They didn't once talk about the score, Raw versus mm-hmm. SmackDown. It was just like these are the matches. So you know, I know a, a common thing we complain about is what's the point of Raw versus SmackDown? There's no stakes. And every year they're like, well, it's, it's three to three, and there's one match left. Well, no shit. Um, right. So they, 
uh, let me let me rephrase that. With two matches left, it was three to two. You was going to happen. So this year they didn't mention the score at all, which yeah. made it more enjoyable because like, oh shit, so and so won. I wasn't expecting that because I wasn't thinking of the score. Yeah. You, know why they, you know why? You know why they didn't mention the score? Because nobody Cause cares. It didn't friggin' matter in the first place. I cry out loud. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god. It just That's doesn't matter. It's like it's like wasted uh, wasted graphics. Years? Wasted, wasted years. This was a good pay per view if you just like matches for matches' sake. If you like just wrestling, then you would have liked this. You know, this like is a this, good wrestling show. Yeah, exactly. Like Street Profits versus the New Day had a great uh, match. I thought uh, Sasha and Asuka were, were, was pretty good too. And then the main event. Uh, Reigns and McIntyre, all all good stuff. Uh, but I'm a storyline promo guy. Um, I'm glad that they at least snuck in the McIntyre promo on SmackDown uh, before he won the title and and ended up in the main event. But you know, it was it was a fun show, but it's not it's not going to be on the Rushmore. I'll tell you that much. No, it, it Roman. I thought that was one of Roman's better matches since yeah. the Shield broke up. It, it's one of it was one of his better goes. My problem with the Sasha Oscar match. We've seen that. Yeah. Like Sa- Sasha Banks though is a big reason. Her and Roman Reigns are the two reasons why SmackDown's doing so well right now. I agree. No, Sa- I I soured on Sasha for a while, but when she came back and aligned herself with Karen, they were great. They were yeah. absolutely great. Um, she she's a real star. Yeah, and. She- the other thing that I like, sorry, Pete, the other thing that I liked, final thought on Survivor Series for me, the men's match, I liked that Ross swept. And more importantly, I liked that, even though I'm not a big fan of his character, I liked that Matt Riddle got an elimination in the match and Keith Lee got an elimination in the match. So it wasn't the Sheamus. Hey, Ron bro, Stoneman hey, bro, I want to be show. WWE Championship, bro. <laughs> I, I like, I did like that. The, by winning the match on Sunday night, they earned an opportunity to get a title match on Raw. Like so, there was some continuity and some sense being made of everything. Yeah. And next week, and next week, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, two guys who've never contested for the title, are wrestling Orton. Did Orton win that last match? Yeah. I Orton. just wish they said that the week before or like the weeks coming into it, so you, we all were invested and saw why they were fighting each other, and there was a reason. No, so they were they were a team at Survivor Series, and then they opened Raw with, you know... No, I understand. I'm just saying I wish we knew that stipulation. Oh, if you guys win on Sunday, yeah. there's going to be title opportunities. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That would have made the uh, whole angle better. That's, that's well, absolutely a great point. Well, that is the whole reason why they fight, so... Uh. You, you know what I would do if if I was granted an opportunity to speak my mind and why explain why I deserve a title shot? I would headbutt my boss in the dome. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is the sense in that? It always works. You know what? I, here's something I, I think would be a good, a cool idea for Survivor Series going forward. Um, the surviving members of the team. So it's not, it's not all five. If if only two guys survive, it's only two. But you announce, you know, however many guys survive, you're guaranteed a spot in the last ten in the rumble. So you don't say guaranteed number 30, so you don't ruin the surprise. But it's like, hey, um, AJ and Keith Lee, you two survived. You're guaranteed a spot in the Rumble, yeah. and you're guaranteed a spot in the back 10. So you've got an advantage. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a fair thing or an automatic bid in the in the Royal Rumble rather like than everything. When they did that stupid YouTube mix match challenge, yeah. the winning team both got number thirty in their respective rumbles. So there yeah. was a reason for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. It's time for my favorite segment of the day: push or squash. Push or squash. Push or squash. Push number one. Wow. The Undertaker has retired again. <laughs> 30, 30 years to the day at Survivor Series, the Phenom stepped in, stopped in for one lonely, if you do not count holograms and legends fleeing the ring. Goodbye. We've celebrated twenty. We've celebrated the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Undertaker five years ago at Survivor Series. Witnessed the Brother of Destruction's final match a couple years back, and had Undertaker leave his gear in the ring at WrestleMania 33. Is this? the last time we see Mark Calloway in the WWE ring as the Undertaker. Justin Strab, push a squash. Squash. God one damn more it. Match. One he's more gonna, match. He's going to retire more times than goddamn Terry Funk. <laughs> and he's already, this is his what, third or fourth retirement? Like you mentioned, he got the main event in WrestleMania, non-title match, to leave his boots and jacket in the ring, number one. Then at WrestleMania, he got the main event again of a two-night event and drove off on his bike. Yes. He also had the match in uh, Saudi Arabia or whatever it was. Like oh, one, run! Right, one more match or whatever the hell it was called. And he's a professional wrestler, and they just can't retire. They can't do it. It's impossible. And and, uh, and so that's the cynical side of me. The, the fanboy side of me would say he deserves to retire in front of a crowd, so he should come back. That's a squash. Squash. Uh, Pete Carapazza, push squash. Well, John, I'm really glad you brought this point up, and I got a theory, okay? I'm going to push it. He's he's retired, but not the way you think. The dead man's retired. I'm just going to write that down. Away, or the American badass can't have another match or three. Oh. <laughs> and as you, if you've noticed, he's been... Mark Calloway and all his interviews lately, and he he told Stone Cold, he said, he, he couldn't even say he was done on that podcast. You could tell there's more to come from Mark Calloway, the American badass. Can we talk about that podcast real quick? Um, he took a shot. It was the slowest. It was more like he was, like he would take it and he'd start, and it, it, yeah. it was a shot. You got to shoot it. He would just go. Look, 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 look. That's how a southern oh, man drinks. Right. That's how I do my shots. I can't just suck it all down. Oh, well, you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Chris Parcell, push, push <laughs> <or> squash. <laughs> first, first of all, before I get to push or squash, I'm sorry. Um, as a whiskey drinker, you don't do shots of whiskey. You savor that shit. So like Jack Daniels is a whiskey. Show us a bottle. Showed us a book. Yeah, Jack Daniels is like the McDonald's of whiskey. All right. Come on. Let's go. There we go. Take a swig, will you? Take it out of that cardboard box. Yes. Let's go. Add a pepper. Jalapeno. Oh, there we go, <laughs> folks. What was that? Lagavulin Select. You, you buy just... Select. You buy a bottle of Lagavulin Select, and you get a little card that shows you the piece of land, like a one-square-foot piece of land you own in Ireland. So. Wow. <laughs> 
you should go there and be like, I own this piece of dirt. <laughs> this is my gonna, land. After COVID, I'm going to go put a mailbox up on you, my spot. You, 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 you in your size 90s, stepping on this little plot of land. Someone's like, hey, you're on my piece of land, too. Move your shoe. Get your land off my land. <laughs> Get your fucking shoe off my land. Scottish <laughs> I'm pushing this. Um... That he's done wrestling. Obviously, it's not the last time we're going to see The Undertaker. There's the uh, the uh, the the honor that we shall not speak its name in fear of John until they actually build the structure. The Hall of Fame. Take it to the Hall of Fame. Oh, he's not in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not oh. in the Hall of Fame yet. And he never was. Um, you know, WrestleMania was his last match. He hasn't wrestled since then. Um, I we haven't really that seen him What's that? I wouldn't even call that wrestling. No. Yeah, that was a movie. It was a okay. Movie. So in Saudi Arabia, at the greatest show down super crown <laughs> show, he wrestled AJ. He, like, showed up at the end of that gauntlet match, kicked AJ in the balls and pinned him, which That's led to the Mania match. No, that wasn't a wrestling match. He just showed up and attacked him. So then his last wrestling match was a uh, February of 19 when he and Kane wrestled DX in Saudi Arabia. Did he wrestled Rusev after that, the casket match? Rusev was before that because it was supposed oh. to be Jericho. Then it was going to be Rusev. They kept going back and forth. His last match was against Goldberg. That was – was that before or after DX? Yeah, after DX. That was after DX. So either way, his last in-ring match sucked. <laughs> But I'm, I'm pushing. He's done. I like the American badass idea, but I think he's done, done, done. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, yeah. I'm well, squashing I, it. I'm squashing it because um, someone made the point that wrestlers don't stop. And it's the same thing like why the Rolling Stones will be on tour next year, why Iron Maiden goes out every year. It, it's like these guys just don't die. They just keep going until they're in the ground. So uh, once... Uh, once Michelle McCool leaves him, and he's not he's not cooking pancakes anymore for the family. Pancakes, uh, <laughs> Yeah, God. Well, I, I've seen the Rocky to stack that big. Uh, you know, when he was training for some stupid movie. Uh, you pick one. But I'm uh, I am I'm squashing. So that's two squashes, two pushes. Ooh. All right. All right, next one. Top flight. Recently made their AEW pa- <laughs> AEW debut. The Top Flight. You didn't Who? see him. They're gonna burn. They're gonna burn. I thought they were just a couple jobbers. Yeah. Well, you're wrong because they got a contract. Oh. Yes. After their match with the Young Bucks, they were hired uh, in AEW. Uh, much in the same fashion as Cody Rhodes defending his TNT Championship against an outsider, only to have him. Only to have him. Signed full time. We know who he is. Top Flight is now an active part of their roster. The match went about 15 minutes with Top Flight hanging hanging with the champs, only to lose. Push or squash. AEW bringing more outside homeless talented like Top Flight. Uh, Chris. Push the one. You know, one of the one of one of the. <clears throat> I want you, the two of you, to listen to me very closely. One of the many <laughs> things AEW does better than WWE the last two years is give opportunities to much lesser-known talent. I love this. Um, even if they're not great, they get an opportunity and they get eyeballs on them. And if they don't fit AEW's um, st- 
structure or they don't work out for AEW, they're going to get a call for NXT. So the more eyeballs that are getting on talent right now on national TV, getting them exposure, I'm all for it. As long as Pillman gets some more airtime, push. Pete Carapazza's push the squash. I'm going to squash this one. Um, First of all, top flight will never be a top team. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. They they went the distance with the tag team champions. Well, that wasn't even a title match, though. Um, Here's the thing about wrestling today, okay? As much as I love AEW, there's a forced narrative about a war going on. And it's so forced that, like, they're signing people that shouldn't be signed just for the sake of shock value for one week's worth of ratings. But the problem is it doesn't sustain past a week because these guys aren't real stars. Rusev being the best example. Zack Ryder being the best example. Where's Zack Ryder been since he fucking showed up? Um, contract expired already. Yeah. yeah, because he sucks. Um, <laughs> like, all these guys, all these guys get signed. It's like, Wow. And then, like, you don't care about him anymore. So it's just like, so, save your money, Tony Khan. Don't be WCW. Sign <laughs> the people that can actually make a difference. Give them big contracts and let's go. Instead of signing these losers that no one cares about, no one ever will care about. Pop, so, I, I, so I agree and disagree with, with half of your argument. Bringing in the guys with name value just for a week or two to pop a rating. I'm against that because it's not working. But these young guys getting opportunities, I like, I'm pushing. So. But the, the rosters are too big. You're never going to see them on TV. No one watches Dark. That's a great point. So they're not going to get an opportunity. True. All right, you know what? Squash. I'm with Pete. You convinced right. me. Justin Strand, push a squash. Push. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like an underdog story? Hell, you and Trembley could – I am friggin' – uh, the young bucks or slide into their DMs and say Los Patadores! <laughs> yes. And you only need one chance, Pete, you know better than any, that you just need to get that one big man to see you and then you can be a composer and you can write shirts. Exactly. Yes. And he he using big man as a loose term these days. <laughs> you know. Does he read? Does he read? For all musicians being out of work and sadly going to me for work. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, Pete. I got Dizzy Reed on the phone. Oh, oh you want to do? You want to do piano? Right. <laughs> well, and plus we've seen. Listen, uh, we talked about uh, all good Anthony Green, who oh, I can't remember his new name, but I, I watched him in Norwood with like 30 people at the show, and now he's on NXT, and uh, who? It just makes you want to root for people like that. And those young guys, they, they got a top flight, got the chance of a lifetime. And even if they're only on TV once, they'll remember it forever. So I'm pushing it. I agree with that. I just feel like they treat them as huge stars when nobody knows where they are and it just who they are. And it just misses the point. Like, just bring them in and let them build themselves up and earn a spot. Like, let them earn their name, build their name. I don't know who Top Flight is. If I'm a casual watcher and I've never seen AEW before, I'm channel surfing. Yeah. If I gonna stop because Top Flight's on TV, I'm going to pass that. Well, you you never knew who uh, 123 Kid was either when he pinned Razor Ramon with a moonsault. But he was but. wrestling Razor Ramon, and the WWF had a long history. It's different. All right. Well, they were I'm, wrestling the Young Bucks. So I'm surprised I, uh, they didn't use TNT instead. TNT... Um, 
They're Devon's kids. They wrestled on Dark that the week before. I actually thought Top Flight were Devon's kids, and I was, right. like, I was like, these aren't Devon's kids. Never mind. And I so, didn't care anymore. If they were Devon's kids, I would have been more invested. So I am actually, believe it or not, I'm a push on this. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why, my friends. I'm a gambling man. All right? And Tony Khan, he's got daddy's money. He's got nothing to lose. Uh, I'm pushing this because you can find it's the diamond in the rough, baby. You find that one. What if Top Flight went out and like made us all say, "Holy crap!" Uh, like Strem, you remember the back the backstory they had? Uh, what they say, like cities would burn, shoes yeah. would uh, like <laughs> like they built themselves a backstory. Like in wrestling, you just need one stupid thing to catch. Right. Look at Orange Cassidy. Yeah, the first James time Ellsworth. you did that. The first time he did that, people were going to say, oh, my God, that's so stupid. Or, oh, my God, that's incredible. This guy is just, he's deadpanning wrestling, for crying out loud. Any man with two hands stands a chance. As a a gambler, I'm pushing. You know what? You brought up one thing that will contradict my whole argument. Eddie Kingston. Yes. He's he's one of my favorite acts right now. He has name value, though. He's different from the, the, what are they called, the Thunder Buddies? What's their name? Top flight. Um, Kingston Kingston had name value. To you, man. Yeah, but Chris, no yeah. one knows who Eddie Kingston is outside of wrestling. Like, right. he's not a household name. No, I didn't no, know who he was. Great point. So no, one knows, your... no one knows who Eddie Kingston is outside of Chris's bedroom. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 I hated Eddie Kingston on Power. Power! He really stepped up his game. Uh, he's the one guy I can argue that came to AEW... And made you like like watching his work. I think Moxley isn't doing what he's supposed to do. I think he sucks. Um, he does a good promo. His last couple promos have been good, but I just think his wrestling is goofy. I think Kingston needs to change his freaking ring gear, though. That's a, yeah. that's just he comes out looking like a, a urban tough guy in this like you know. Bas- he reminds me of Conan. So he yeah yeah he's, he's point, big into the uh, what's it called, Chris? The four pillars of wrestling. And his entire wrestling gear is based on these four guys. I guess they're all from Japan. But he looks like a friggin' leftover Power Ranger. Actually, no. He looks like a drunk Power Ranger you find at the end of the night <laughs> of an all-you-can-eat buffet. There's gut hanging out, and a cigarette in his mouth, saying, where's the dessert cot? It's way better than the basketball jerseys. That's what he should be wrestling in, I think. Yes, he should He should go full Russo and wear a different jersey. Bro. Yeah. I mean, he Bro. looks better in those things, too. Like, I don't know. But he's such a good... Like, I watch BTE, and he they always give him, like, a random object to cut a promo on. And he cuts these amazing promos on, like, candy, popcorn. <laughs> and, like, they're the best promos I've ever seen. Like, it's so funny. It's like... this guy's yeah. Unbelievable. I, oh, God. I love BTE. The more the Dark Order's on BTE... Dynamite. I'm not lying. It should, it should be dark. BTE. Yeah. Dark should just be BTE. I, Let them do whatever they want for four hours or however long it takes for 17 matches. Start wrestling during COVID, the beginning of COVID. Those were awesome matches, like in their backyard. And they set up yeah. that. Like, BTE's great. You know? Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi, Alex. <laughs> oh. All right, the last push a squash topic. Push a squash. This, this is a fun one, guys. Uh, <laughs> During a recent episode of AEW Dynamite, <laughs> Cody Rhodes was accosted 
in the Rig by Jade Cargill. Pete, she interrupted Cody and telling him not to poke the giant. Then after him and Horan, Pete, for about five minutes, she unceremoniously announced the giant's name was none other than the former basketball player, current techno DJ, Papa John CEO, yes, the star of Shaq Life, the hottest show during the pandemic, Shaquille O'Neal, Pusher Squaw, Shaq and AEW. Pete Karapatsis. I'm pushing because as long as it's not the big show, that stupid loser, <laughs> I don't care who it is. Yes, I love Shaq. He, he's a former Celtic Hall of Famer. He's the man. The man with the plan. Great he will. Yes, he's the owner of John's. Um, he's a great man. He, he's Superman. Before Cam Newton called himself Superman, who called himself Superman? Shaquille O'Neal. Christopher Reeve. Watch. Watch. Chris, push the squash. The Shaq's squash. Ooh. Wait, 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 for one reason. His valet's name is Jade, and she didn't wear green. Why did unacceptable. She have... That's WWE wow. booking right no, there. Unacceptable. Well, Her name is green. Scarlet Bordeaux wears... Oh, she doesn't wear red. Okay, never mind. Shit. Uh, <laughs> no, we've, I've seen Shaq wrestle. It's not great. He can't bump. Um, Better than Jay Leno. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, no, Shaq, he's, Shaq's too, for his age and size, he's too old to be taking bumps. He's going to make people that bump for him look ridiculous. There's yeah. a reason when he was and in that stupid WrestleMania. My position cannot be afforded to look ridiculous. Ridiculous. What's the matter with you? Um, you're, uh, you're underestimating because you know why? Cody is very... Uh, focused on detail and story in his matches. Every Cody match is like watching a movie unfold before your eyes in 20 minutes. I think he's going to make this very entertaining. I, Pete, I, I want you to be right because I like Shaq. He's fun. Shaq Diesel. He's a fun guy. He can't he can't bump. Like I just For his age and size, I don't think he has the ability to bump. I don't think he needs to bump. I think he can beat the crap out of Cody and not even in a match setting. They can do like a parking lot brawl. Okay. Like that. Protect once, steps, once he steps between the ropes, any credibility guys like uh, Jazz Hands and all them have built up gets gets affected when, when the when the other guy can't bump. You're yeah. A squash. I'm a squash. All right. For that reason. Trump. Uh, Justin Strum, push a squash. Squash. A thousand times squash. Mute, that, would be a, that would be a WCW-type signing. Oh, wait, Strum, were... hold on. Shaquille O'Neal's a former basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> what? You want to know who Shaq is? He was in a movie. Uh, um, he played a genie. <laughs> so, Shaq Boo. Here's the bigger problem. Just like... Uh, you know, Shaq's a man of many endeavors and, and many money-making endeavors... And the shine for AEW for him would would shut would dull very quickly uh, because it's just not mainstream enough, and he won't make that much money. And he's it'll be like Gronk in WWE. He'll come and he'll be like, oh, this is fun for a month, and then he'll be like, you know what, I'm kind of sick of this wrestling thing, and he'll be on to his next endeavor. Well, we we don't want him there long term anyway, though, so that's that's okay. Like. Gronk was we we were led to believe Gronk was changing his career to wrestling. 
I don't think anyone's thinking Shaq's going to be a full-time wrestler anytime soon. Uh, I, uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw Shaq life. But. I love Shaq life. Speaking of Gronk, you guys hear the gem he spit out the other day? He was asked about why he took a year off. And I swear to you, his direct quote was, I've been playing football my whole career. Yes. Yeah, it's your career. He's not wrong. But yeah. the, the line would be, I've been playing football my whole life. Right. Well, that's, your career that's, your false, career. Because he didn't play football when he was born. Chris, Chris but the, his career so is his life. His vagina when he popped out. But competed in WWE, so his whole career wasn't playing football. So he was wrong on two occasions. <laughs> Out of my way, Mom! You're the husband! <laughs> Holy shit, look at the size of that baby! Uh, so, Strim, you're a squash. I'm a squash. I am also going to have to squash this. What?! Um, I saw Shaq life, and he was training for MMA with the gentleman, another former uh, athlete from another sport, Greg Hardy. CM uh, Punk. And Greg Hardy uh, beat the shit out of Shaq. And it, it was boring. It was probably the most boring part of the most exciting show in Pandemic, Shaq Life on TNT. Um, I, I, just, I feel like this is where TNT is going to start to um, ruin AEW. This is where they're going to start shoving... Uh, is there going to be a, a fucking Law and Order crossover next? Um, right. I hope so. so. You got Shaq, who's who's well known on the station. He's on the NBA pregame show. He's got Shaq life, probably coming back for season two because he's a DJ. Um, <laughs> we got to cover his DJ career. <laughs> uh, but I, I I just feel like you know TNT is where drama lives, and uh, I I think you know Tony Tony took the money, and now he's got to uh, cross promote some of these shows. Law and Order SV two sweet. Yeah, Woo! I'd love Nick Wolf to executive produce an episode of Dynamite. I can't wait for a Rizzoli and Isles crossover episode of AEW. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's it. That's our topics. Push your squash. Sweet. Bum, bum. This is way too sweet. Sweet. <laughs> All right. It's, it's time for the worst game in the world. Who am I? No. I give you guys. Cool. Seller, I win. <laughs> I give you guys clues one at a time to see if you can identify the wrestler I am talking about. First up, uh, today's a Survivor Series-themed episode. This was the first wrestler pinned in Survivor Series history. From Survivor Series is an annual event uh-huh. WWE holds. Uh-huh. This, this superstar's blade cost Brutus Beefcake his Intercontinental Championship match at SummerSlam 1988. Bob, Bob, Beefcake? This superstar... E. E. Brian Blair. No. This superstar lost a hair versus hair match versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. This, no. Oh. This superstar's only WrestleMania appearance was being eliminated by the JYD at the WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal. Oh, this is going back. He was part of the Cryos money grab lawsuit that got dismissed recently. Could be anyone. This superstar died of uh, complications of, from a burst appendix in 2017. Holy shit. This cowboy held zero major championships and was never immortalized in plastic until the Jack Pacific Classic Superstars line. I have no idea who you're talking about. Is it Blackjack Mulligan? You're close. This this man shares a last name with a fish. Wyndham? No. Fish. Fish. Salmon? 
Bobby Fish. Bass. Lance Bass. Oh, 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 wow. Not Lance Bass. Hank Bass. The outlaw, Ron Bass. Ron Bass. Peter Bass. I don't don't think I've ever seen a match with Ron Bass in it. Well, well, Pete, you've missed out completely. (laughs) (laughs) Next next, next topic is the the Mount Rushmore of Ron Bass moments. (laughs) Ron Bass had a cowboy gimmick, and on on an episode of Superstars, he gigged Beefcake with the spur on his boot, like legit. And on all the replays, they did a big red X over it because they weren't showing blood back in 1988. It was a big deal. It was a huge storyline. Nice. That's a good one. I really like the guy. He's like a 1987 guy, which is like, yeah, it's going back there. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, was the first year of Survivor Series. Yes, it was. I believe Ron Bass was number 10 in the 1989 Royal Rumble, but I could be wrong. I was going to say, he he, he's on did my he list. Did I know. He did he no, he did not. He did not win that Royal Rumble. That Royal Rumble was won by Big John Scott. Will he be uh, facing Cody Rhodes next week on a Dynamite? He's dead, yes. so I don't think oh. so. Oh. Will his appendix be facing? Wait, you said he's dead? Did he vote yes. for Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> no, he lived in Texas, so he probably oh, okay. would have voted. Oh, but he, if you live in Texas, you can still vote in Michigan, right? Yeah. <laughs> not sure. All right, uh, Strem, did you prepare a hell in a cell? I certainly did. Strem, what condom do you have for us this time? <laughs> <laughs> a John Trembley condom from the high school reunion ten years oh, ago. Oh, so it has oh, pinholes the... poked in it? So that, was, me... that, that was the night that Strem took a picture of my massive boner. Yes. Which yeah. time? <laughs> right. Well, you know. <laughs> Massive is uh, is generous, but you know. So <laughs> I, I just John mind it was. <laughs> I mean, impressive, I would say, but massive, uh, you know. Um, so I just sent you guys a text that will be our main event of the oh, evening. Very nice, very nice. Um, <laughs> the oh, first. Oh, <laughs> I might. Michaela Rufo painted that for you. The lovely, the lovely Michaela Rufo. It looks like Mr. Feeney's head on Hulk's body. Yes. We'll have to we'll have to post this picture on the page so that people understand. But that's our third uh, item up for grabs. Our first item is in West Roxbury. It is a 1984 sealed LJN Kiki Baby on the card. Hulk Hogan figure, Bubba, Bubba. and. It's uh, I would say it's mint. The figure is mint on card, but the card itself is a little bit banged up. What is this person asking for? A sealed? This is 36 years old, as old as we are. Uh, sealed on the card, LJN collectible LJN rubber figure for Iron Cheek. Two grand. It's a figure or a card? Figure. But it's mint on the card, as they say. The figure is mint on the Has card. Has the figure been put up any um, anyone's bum or pee? Well, John, John, let me let me nerd it for you because you're you're you don't understand. Mint on card means it hasn't been opened. It's still in the packaging, so it, oh. it has not been molested. Oh, thanks for mansplaining that to me. You got it, bro. <laughs> I explained it for you. I love I love it. Trembling today. He's a little he's a little feisty tonight. I can tell he had a rough day. <laughs> when you when you've seen the things I've seen come out of a hole in the ground, you don't care anymore. God damn. God damn. All I gotta say is you ladies are nasty. Oh yeah. 
You, What's you the first your... thing they all do when they go to a restaurant? They march right to the bathroom to take yeah. a big, sweaty dump. No, <laughs> oh, it, it ain't the boy. dump I'm concerned about. That's what's supposed to go down there. Yeah. Well, a lot of blood in there, Trembly. Well, Trembly, do you have a guess on the figure? <laughs> yeah, uh, 39 bucks. Well, that's a terrible guess. Chris. You're <laughs> <So, I, I, laughs> a terrible man. <laughs> yeah, much, like, yeah, much like you, I'll hop on eBay from time to time and, you know, look into, yeah, Chris you know. Bought com- this. Chris already bought those. He, he, he's not allowed to play. <laughs> look, I'll look into, you know, maybe completing my collection or replacing parts of a broken collection. I haven't looked at a Sheiky baby because I, I have Sheik in a box somewhere in the house. Um. But I know some of them, like, the bull, the Bulldogs open is, like, is over $100. So I'm going to say a mint-on-card Sheiky Baby, $750. Wow. Actually, it's funny because I criticized him, and we're not doing prices Right rules. John Tremley is closest. What? It's $295. <laughs> what well, I'll give you $39 for it, you dumb mother. In terms of percentages, uh, you were, you know, you guessed like, uh, you know, 10% of the price and Chris was only over by twice. So uh, I think it's uh, it's all relative. 2000 was a bit extreme. Uh, all, all, all you people at home listening have to know is that John Trumpley was right. He was right, you know. All right, item number two. <laughs> I was off by more money. So, you were. yes, John is right. You were. He like It was basically you guessed a dollar on the price is right. <laughs> So, our next item up for bids is located in North Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. It is a replica late 1980s WWF tag title belt. You know, the world one that as worn by Demolition and Heart Foundation and others. One actually made our list of top ten belts. And, for some reason, it is signed by both Kane and The Undertaker. Oh. They were a tag team. They I don't were, know but, the strip. They're called the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, why would yes. that be for some reason? That's a legitimate Because pack. they never held that belt. Yes, that they belt, did. No, they never held that exact belt. This belt was retired in about 1991 or whatever it was. Uh, really? You're wrong and you don't know Point of order. They, those tag titles were used up until the brand split in 2002. <laughs> The brothers, no, no, the no. brothers of Destruction defeated Chris Canyon and DDP, I want to say SummerSlam 2002, for the tag titles near the end of the invasion angle. I guarantee you they wore those belts. Okay, well, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to Google it. <laughs> I have, uh, I, have some, I, have, I have some questions. I'm not going to fight you like other people on the show. Oh, actually, I take it back. There they are. Uh, holding, take it back. You, that's great. Holding those belts. So anyway. I have a few questions about your product. Yes. When you say a replica, is it like the replica belt that you have with the big gold yeah. plate? Yeah, it's like a true belt. Like you, so it's, They've got some weight to them. Yeah, metal. Was this belt proudly held in display in an apartment in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts, with a room uh, Wayland, Massachusetts, with yeah. a roommate that used copious amounts of toilet paper. No, it was not. Um, question: uh, How many pornographies were these title belts used in when two le- gentlemen were literally tag teaming? Uh, I can. I'm not. I'm not the owner, by the way. This is for sale, so I cannot They're, verify. Uh, 
proof of the signatures being authentic. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're the J- JSA authenticated. So how do you know? Wait, how how do we know? What's the what's the uh, proof? There's a certificate of authenticity. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, question. Um, is it uh belt snaps or is it Velcro? It's and, belt snaps. It's like a real belt. It okay, looks yeah, like I'm, exactly I'm, I'm like getting there. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hey, hey, hey. Go easy. I have, I have a guess. Go ahead, Trembly. I'm going to give you $6,000 for those. Wow. It's okay. two belts or one belt? One belt. Oh, it's one belt? Cut, cut my own half. One vaccine belt? Yes. That's stupid, first of all. You always have to get two yeah. tag belts. Yeah. Um, get behind Pete. You can't just buy one guitar. You're going to buy two at a yeah. time. Right. Yeah, that's the belt. Uh, you already established you were right like 18 minutes. But thanks for playing. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to say $2,500. So Trevor guesses three grand. You guess 2500 Chris Barcella. So Rob Feinstein, who sells me all my autographs, signed by superstars.com, not a sponsor, is doing an event with The Undertaker right now where – Items that are going to be sent to Texas for the Undertaker to sign and then send back, those are going to be $200. He's got a world title belt right now signed by just the Undertaker for a grand. Mm-hmm. Add Kane on there, $2,750. Wow. That's a tight range between $25 to $300. All right in the middle. The actual retail price on Facebook Marketplace is Twelve hundred dollars. That means Pete Carapazzis. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. This, oh, this dog doesn't know what he has then. Well, maybe we should flip it. What do you think? Uh, and yeah, it's that flipping title belt. A, a championship <laughs> signed by just the Undertaker is a thousand bucks on its own. I'll trade this kid a PS5 mint in box for that belt. I'll give this guy one blink stock. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I scored another piece from Worth Rob millions. the other day. It's a it's a eight by ten signed by Tully Blanchard and JJ Dillon. I got it for like thirty bucks. It's nice. Nice JoJo Dillon. Yeah, All right. Action going though. Nice. All right. Our last item in Crown Jewel this week is an is an absurd piece in Pembroke, Massachusetts. That looks like a. It's from the early 90s. It looks like a custom piece. It does not look like a mass-produced thing because of the face. It is a 36-inch statue wow. of, that's supposed to be Hulk Hogan. It looks like they chopped a, a, an old man's head off. And is he skateboarding? No, he's just posing and ripping his shirt. All right. Well, like I actually – I, I have a theory about this. Yep. So that's real hair on it. Um <laughs> but I don't think it's hair from Hogan's head because he didn't have a lot. That's the creepiest looking doll I've ever so seen. I, I think I think Hogan was giving out some you know some un, some some private hairs, and I think this person caught him and said, "Oh, it looks like, it looks just like the hair on his head and his face. I'm gonna make a mustache and some hair and a Hogan doll out of Hulk Hogan's pubic hair." Oh <laughs> Jesus! Which right, in so- that case, this is worth. One billion dollars. <laughs> can you read us the description of the product? I think I think I can guess the price based on how much this person likes it or not. Oh, okay. So, but it's a 36-inch uh, doll or or figure, uh, more accurately. Um, 
let's just see. Oh, give me a second here. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> Get this one-of-a-kind statue. In other words, <laughs> this is completely it was like paper mache shit. 36 inches tall and 26 inches wide base from the 80s. Hulk Hogan doing his famous pose. Pick up only in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Oh, my God. One so of a kind. So this guy, this guy's asking for bucks if he's saying it's one of a kind. Yeah, either that or he knows there's, there's no value because it's, like, just completely, like, slapped together. Yeah, he's upselling it. Look, he's let up me selling. tell you something. I'm going to give you guys a little inside track. Um, if John it says, commissioned if, this piece. If it said pick up only, <laughs> it must be worth thousands upon thousands of dollars <laughs> if you don't want you know ups or fedex dropping or, it at someone's you store you don't own a car to, well maybe he's gonna buy a car when he sells the uh what are we calling it a statue yeah i guess it's a statue what does he what does he refer to it as a one of besides a one-of-a-kind piece i'll show yeah. him a one of a yeah kind piece. wwf hulk hogan 36 inch high statue and for some odd reason he's holding a wwf championship <laughs> oh my god he's got a belt and it's for no signed. reason at all <laughs> no he's got a belt and it's signed by Kane and the Undertaker <laughs> but it's not a championship it's the tag team championship yeah oh and you know, you look at the base underneath it you can see that there's a stone cold condom taped to the bottom of it which that was oh. like a like a hundred bucks Strem uh so it's pickup only you said yep What's this person's, uh, we can't say his name on the air, can we? It doesn't list his name. Really? Oh, actually, no, it does. I was going to say, if he's on Facebook Marketplace, how can he sell it if he doesn't have a name? Chris, Chris Parcella is selling his own I mean, he looks like an axe murderer, to be honest. Okay. Chris? No. I'm thinking this guy's a meth head. I'm going to say uh, $400. Okay. I think the statue's a meth head. Hulk <laughs> <laughs> Hogan's aged considerably. Um, I'm going to guess, <laughs> I'm going to say this idiot <laughs> thinks that his, his, his kindergarten homework is worth $150. Okay. So upon further review, this is a WCW era Hulk Hogan statue. Oh. Um, oh. Sadly, I can tell, but, uh. If the face looked accurate, it would be uh, it would actually be kind of a cool piece. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah. no, there's yeah. nothing that will justify this thing. <laughs> it's a piece of trash. The ends will never justify but the means on this thing. Because I I want to know how many of those VHSs are pirated pornos underneath the Hogan. <laughs> by the way, he's got VHSs. Um, I'm gonna one up, I'm gonna one up you. How many of those pirated pornos star a WWF tag team belt signed by Kane and the Undertaker? Yeah. <laughs> Yet she's mad about the Twitch thing. It's like you. You made a sex tape with the championship belt in it. Right. But yeah, be mad about Twitch. Uh. Wait, wait. Um, oh, Paige? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Zelina Vega. I'm going to say, first of all, you have to drive to Pembroke. He should give it to you if you go to that <laughs> hole. <laughs> well, that, that's how he lures you in his cave of wonder, you see. Yeah. You'll never escape. Will you help me get this Hulk Hogan statue out of my van? and broke my arm. Oh, He's asking for $1,000. Wow. And Pete, what was your guess again? I said 400 Okay. The actual closest 
is Pete Carapazis. He's asking wow. for $300. Oh, wow. Hey. Hey, not, not by much there. Yeah, that's no, close. He said three. How much did Pete say? Four fifty. He said four hundred. You said okay. one fifty. He was up right. by hundred. You were up right. by one fifty. Right. So Pete wins with two out of three. Hell in a sale. So Pete, you can go pick up that statue anytime you want. Love it, love it. So so happy to accept this victory this week. I've really been studying on eBay this week on prices of various things, so my homework has paid off. If anyone right. knows how to overpay for something, it's Pete Carapaz. <laughs> <laughs> I am very trigger-happy when I want something. I love Hell in a Sale. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to the list, um, or the mountain, um, a buddy of mine from grad school, friend of, friend of the show on Facebook, Sherard He's part of an Attitude Era fans group, and he posted a question that I thought was intriguing. What gave you more chills or goosebumps when you're either at a live event or watching on TV? The Undertaker's gong or Stone Cold Steve Austin's broken glass? Stone Cold by far. Typically uh, at live events, I'm so drunk um, that I don't feel anything. But Stone Cold, <laughs> Stone Cold. So I would say chills... I'm going to go Undertaker because it, it's just – it's more rare. If you want me to, like, when I pop, that would be more for Stone Cold and just getting, like, jacked up. So I'm going to go Undertaker on that one. I, I still go Stone Cold. I, I mean, see, it's the big – at our peak of fandom. Like, I loved Undertaker when I was a little kid, but I never got to see wrestling when I was a little, little kid. I got to see wrestling with, during the Attitude Era, and Stone Cold was just like, holy shit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say Stone Cold because November-ish, 1998, uh, months after winning the title in the same building, I was at a house show, one of the few house sh- only house shows I've been to because, well, in, in a few years, we, kids won't know what that is. But uh, it was a house show matinee with Corey McCann and his father. Pete couldn't oh. go, so next friend up, John Tremblay, uh, we went to Fours for lunch. Ooh. Uh, it's not there anymore. Yeah, another another institution gone. Uh, the yeah. show started around like eleven or noon. Um, Stone Cold at three sixteen on the dot. I remember because the camera focused on it. He came out. That was a throwback oh, time. Cool. Yeah, talk about cool. talk about timing a house show. Goddamn. Goddamn. I remember seeing uh, at the Songus Arena in Lowell with my father, Stone Cold defending the WWF title against Owen Hart. Wow. And that was an awesome match and an awesome entrance. And uh, And I'll never forget. I'll just never forget. He's like right in front of us, you know, on the turnbuckle, raising his hands. And my dad even freaking popped. It was pretty cool. Oh, oh, and Hart, definitely. I remember in 1999, I was at the Rupp Arena. uh... (laughs) Mute him. Somebody mute him. Kemper Arena, first of all. Oh, you just watch it. This is trembling when the whole thing happened. You're like, oh. So predictable. Oh, no, that ketchup? No. Is that ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> to quote the departed, I said, oh, he felt funny. Um, it's, it's, it's Undertaker for me. I remember WrestleMania 14 being in the garden. Man, they they turned the AC on to, like, you know, gar- oh. you know Bruins game, oh, freeze oh, the ice temperatures. You, you, you mean literal chill. Yeah. No, but I, no, but I'm saying, like, they, <laughs> they, make, they make that Undertaker they entrance. The AC. 
(laughs) They make that Undertaker entrance such an experience. There's nothing like it. And the gong starts it off. I, I honestly, I will, I've seen the Undertaker live numerous times. I was never that impressed by that entrance in live. I think, I think it looks cooler on TV. So I was, I was nine years old the first time I saw it. So it, it stuck with in my brain in the old garden when it, you know you could smell the dead rats. It was a great. Time. <laughs> we went to uh, the Survivor Series. Yep, against Big Show, Casket Match. Yeah, the the most annoying thing was. The goddamn uh, pop box was like over our heads. It goes behind the stage. It's whenever the flames go off, this it makes a loud boom. I thought we were gonna go friggin' deaf from that thing. Jesus. Oh Christ. God. I saw him when he uh, was gonna. He was in the ministry, and Vince revealed himself as the leader. Yeah. We were at that raw. That's at the um, Centrum. No, it wasn't. No, the DCU the, Center. I'm sorry. Whatever. No, it was not. It was, it was in the not. garden. We were in a box. Try again. We were in a box. Yeah. I thought that one was. Oh, I'm sorry. Foley was in Worcester. Foley winning the title was Worcester. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. I was, I was watching Nitro that night. God uh, damn it. <laughs> Undertaker's going to retire more times than I did. I know. Pete and I saw the greatest Undertaker <laughs> involved moment of all time. And yeah, we're still saying Stone Cold. So I guess we win. Okay. So, Shahid, so what's this person's name? Shahid? Sher- Sherard Roberts. Gerard. Gerard. He's a friend Gerard of the show. Roberts. And he actually wants to come on the show sometime. Oh, Sherard. Um, come on in. Pick so, over, pal. So, yeah, so, Sherrod, thanks for the topic idea. We'll get you on the show soon. Sherrod, that's all questions. We're going to kill more time. Yeah, we. I would love to have, like, a special guest every week. It would be fun. Yeah. My, my brother, my brother, my brother, Mike. I'm on the rush for with you. I'm a host. <laughs> I mean, you and I are the special guests every week. We're right. on the floor, Trembley. We're part of the show that's now. Right. It's a four-man show with, with occasional guests, maybe. My brother wants to come on the show, you know, again, and yeah, you know, plenty of opportunities. Yeah. We just gotta. Your father always got the best episodes. I hear uh, Team Steve. I want Team Steve back. Uh, Team Steve's so fun. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with Skype for the people that live farther away, and you know, starting in January, we're gonna be doing Skype all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. More guests soon. Um, I, I, does Don Tempted want to come on the show? I haven't heard from Don since. <laughs> <laughs> Not until you give me my money. <laughs> All right, so it's time. Survivor Series was last was this past Sunday. It is time for the Mount Rushmore of Survivor Series events. Full pay per view cards. Oh, I thought it was teams. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah. Just go. We already did that in the top ten. Of the ten count. Yeah. You were on that episode. Oh, was I? Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, just pick the year that that team was from. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. We're done. All right. So Actually, uh, one Pete, of them was my favorite. Okay, we're good. Pete, you want to start? I will start. All right. So we're going worst to best on our list, even though it's kind of not a ranking system, right? right. Like we always do. No okay. rank. Um, my first pick, 1988. Survivor's oh, I love it. All right. Um. Hulkster and Savage, what else is there to say, man? Set up one of the greatest storylines ever created in wrestling history, in my opinion. One of the best wrestling storylines ever. 42-minute Survivor Series match with every tag team on the roster included in that that pay-per-view. Yes. Um, 42 freaking minutes. That's what I got for that one. Those were my two highlights, but that makes it one of the best Survivor Series 
in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, 20 Men on the Apron. I'm so happy you yeah. put this on because yep. I didn't have it on, but I, I love those first, you know, five uh, Survivor Series. Oh, the early ones were great. Yeah. I loved them. Yeah. They, they, you know what's weird? There isn't much difference between the early ones and the ones today. It's just that I think, I don't know, we just accepted things more than yeah. back then. I think it's I think it's quite different, actually, because it's it was faces versus heels, and there was such a line drawn. Okay, and that's now true. It's, yeah. Raw versus SmackDown. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. So it was that, and it was the Santa Claus effect. Yeah. yeah. 1988. They were still trying to kill each other. Right. And, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage was still a dastard. Well, no, he was a face, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. We we didn't know that it was it was Dad putting on the Santa suit just in case somebody woke up. It, you know, it was. Right. That, yeah. This made my good dad. My oh dad. yeah, we've got a photo. Um, not facing the camera, so it looked like he'd just come down the chimney. We got yeah. it somewhere. I gotta find that. Um, and for it, some reason, we had a tag belt on him, uh, <laughs> autographed by the Undertaker and Kate. By two guys who weren't wrestling yet. Um, Thirty-six inch statue. This, this made my list as well. I wow. love this Survivor Series. The ten on the ten team versus ten team concept. Unbelievable rules. I love it. Power. I mean. And you know me, I love talking about the Hall of Fame. Ultimate Warrior, Brutus Beefcake, Hon- uh, Honky Tonk Man, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the British Bulldogs, the Rockers, the Heart Foundation, yeah. Demol- well, Demolition's not in yet, but they're Hall of Famers, the Brain Busters, the Rougeau Brothers. Ah, the Rougeau's yes. baby. Yes. Andre, Dino Bra- now here's the, here's the sad thing, the Deadpool of it all. The main event, the Heenan family versus the Mega Powers. What do all? What does this team all have in common? They're all dead. Andre the Giant, Dino Bravo, Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, and Harley Race. Yeah, they're all dead. Oh, so I'm sorry. Sick. They actually they were in the sub main event. They wrestled Team Jake the Snake. It was Roberts, <clears throat> Duggan, Ken Patera, Scott Casey, and Tito Santana. Well, yeah, I mean, what, uh, the the amount great. of guys, the amount of Hall of Famers and World Champions is equal to or less than the number of guys on this card that are no longer with us, which is terribly sad. Um, Pete, I think you mentioned the double turn, the famous double turn. Yep. Yep. No, quite possibly the greatest, if not the second greatest single night double turn in the history of the, of this great sport of ours. Mm -hmm. Um, the conquistadors, the, the the grab on the ass, like Strim said, he's got wandering eyes. Yeah. Uh I mean, that's for Elizabeth. I mean, you watch Saturday Night's main event leading up to WrestleMania that whole for that whole year on the network. It's it's awesome. It's the storyline is just so good. You know, you start there and you go on. It's it's amazing. That storyline is one of my favorites. This also this Survivor Series and the 1989, which didn't had the uh, the lead-ins. I'm thankful for my entire yeah. Heenan family. I'm thankful because I'm rich and you're not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the interview segment, the visual of all ten heels yeah. and the five managers with them all right. trying to get a word in is amazing. I love it. All the managers around the ring love it. Yeah, and somehow the Conquistadors lasted like to the end of that tag <laughs> team match with all those Hall of Fame tag teams, which made it even funnier. Uh, it, this was the Rujo, Rujo, sorry, Justin. This was the Rujo brothers and the British Bulldogs last night in the company. This was the oh, yeah. fa- right around the time of the famous, you know, uh, fistful of quarters 
Yeah. Mouth busting, and uh, they did a double DQ to get them the hell out of there and out of the building. Right. That's right. Good point. Good point. It's a great one. All right. So uh, Pete and I have covered one on our list already. Uh, John. Well, uh, see how I did this wrong. <laughs> Mine would be the next year, the 1989 uh, Survivor Series, yeah. featuring the main event. And yeah, this is why I love the old ones. They would name the team. Yes. Uh, the team Hulkamaniacs versus the Million Dollar Team. With, uh, I mean, Hulk had uh, Hulk. <laughs> Hulk. Hulk had uh, Demolition and Jake Roberts on his team, which I think is a pretty solid team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, he faced off against DVRC, the Powers of Pain, which were shit. And then it was kind of uh, Zeus was magical. This was the beginning of Hulk Hogan and Zeus. Because I think, was it, uh, was it the... Arnold's Bar Christmas! That's right, they had the No Holes Barred Christmas. You know, the, the movie that Hulk Hogan wrote in the bathroom. Uh, looking down the card on this, uh, Rude's Broods. We got Ricky Rude, Mr. Yeah. Perfect, and the Rougeos. What a great team. Great uh, team. Rowdies, Rowdies, Rowdies with Piper, Snooka, and the Bushwhackers. That's yeah, I think the, this, this, this might have been the sardine stuffing. That was. Uh, the fifth team here, uh, the Ultimate Warriors, which I like this because it's the Warrior and Shawn Michaels. And then you get Monty Jannetty and Jim Neidhart. But, I mean, the Warrior and Michaels, that's huge right there. And the Heenan family, which I think is a classic all-time stable. Um, The Heenan family always felt like the most divided stable of all times. Like, Bobby Heenan would only go down there by himself. It wouldn't be like a whole group of them. Um, But I guess he was, you know, obviously an all-time manager there. Um, But I uh, I think at least the main event was a great match. It'll ended with Hulk Hogan looking strong. I think he was the only survivor on his team. And it wound up Hogan, DiBiase, mm-hmm. classic heel versus classic, uh, well, it's Hulk Hogan. But, yeah. Uh, love the old Survivor Series with the team names. That's something creative we creatively miss these days. The other great yeah. thing on these cards was the opening of Vince announcing all the teams. Yeah. It's the ultimate warrior. Shawn Michaels and the warriors. Yeah. That the nineteen eighty nine lead in might be no joke, my favorite Vince promo. My favorite eighties and maybe my favorite overall promo leading into a pay per view ever. That's how wow. much I love it. Um I love the Royal Rumble ones where he announces all the people and like takes longer for like the bigger names, but this one he has to rush through them because there's so many people. And he and it's Rowdy's Rowdy's versus the Bruce Brood. And it's just a great it's a great uh, event. I mean, Dusty Rhodes captained the team against the big boss man. And then you had Randy Savage when he was King Savage, captaining a team against the 4x4s when Duggan and Bret Hart and Ronnie Garvin and Hercules all ran out with 2x4s. It was an, it's, uh, it's an all-time pay-per-view for me. Here's something that didn't make sense to me about this pay-per-view. And it didn't make sense when I was a kid. Why were Bret and the Anvil on separate teams? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. They could have swapped think- out. Oh, I think um, Toby Blanchard got suspended for PED use. Okay. Was he, was he on why, were, why were Brett and the Anvil separated on the face teams? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. No, so, I mean, no that, Tully Blanchard was replaced by Heenan, I believe. Okay. Um, because of uh, different reasons. But <laughs> it, made, it's, it was so weird. I was like, why? Because they hadn't, they hadn't split up yet. 
Yeah, they could have swapped out like Hercules could have been on the Warrior team instead of Nightheart. But um, yeah, it's it's a good question. Maybe it was a your list. Was this on your mount? No. Strim? No. Okay. No, Strim loved it, but it didn't make his mountain. It, I it, I love it, but I you know I'm trying to be fair in comparing them to other uh, events. Don't worry, I have one from that era on. All right, Strim. We uh let's hear from you. We've heard from all three of us. What's one on your list? Um, I'm gonna go with the 1996 Survivor Series. That's on my list as well. Good choice. Ah, I love it. Um, you know, this is sort of getting to the point where there's more, I guess, main events than than uh, four on four or five on five. But uh, in a great moment, Undertaker versus Mankind with Paul Bear in a shark cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have oh Hart- yeah, <laughs> wow, oh, that's pretty good. That's good. We had Bret Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a number one contenders match that went like nearly a half an hour. Um, Those two, obviously, they had the the chemistry uh, to put on a great match. Um, Furnace and LaFawn and the Godwins uh, beat up. Bulldog, Owen, Leaf Cassidy, and Janetti. This was the debut of The Rock, or Dwayne, as we like to call him. Yeah, Dwayne. Uh, Jake the Snake also captained a team. Um, and with uh, The Rock, as, as mentioned, Mark Merrow and Barry Windham, and they beat Crush, Gold Dust, Jerry Lawler, and Triple H. And then in the main event, my dear lord, yep. Psycho Sid... Defeated Shawn Michaels. Amazing match. Yes, in a 20-minute match, by the way, for Sid. That's a long. That's a long haul. That's 15 minutes long for Sid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was Sid's sort of defining moment, I would say, for WWF. What so. a year he had that year, huh? He had a yeah. great 96. Yeah, he's the man. <clears throat> Stremmy missed a match. Um, Savi, Diesel, Farouk, Razor Ramon, and Vader went to a no contest with I, against Flash Funk, Jimmy Snuka, Savio Vega, and Yokozuna when when Farouk, Vader, Diesel, Flash Funk, Snuka, and Yoko were all disqualified at the same time. <laughs> so I actually intentionally didn't mention it because I brought it up as an honorable mention in our top ten uh, teams because I didn't realize it. Looking back, that it, it was wasn't Hall and Nash. It was it was this number two. I don't want to call them fake Razor Ramon, but it was Razor Ramon number two and Diesel number two. It wasn't Hall and Nash. I remember that. Oh man. God damn it. Pete, Pete, this made your list. What do you what do you what do you got to say? What do you like? Um, Shrimp pretty much covered it all. I love the Sid Sean match. I think that was amazing. Um, I didn't think the Survivor Series match itself was that strong, but the whole, the rest of the card was pretty good, which is why it made my list. But Sean and Sid standing out the most, and obviously Austin and Brett. Wasn't as good as the WrestleMania match, but still good. Yeah. And, yeah. So, Trembly, why don't you kick off the next round of of picks? Well, uh, my, <laughs> my next one is the 2002... Ah, blow it up my list. Wow. My number one. Let me tell you something. Every title that was defended that night changed hands. Good paper. But I I don't see 
you know, one, like, there's an elimination triple threat match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which was all, I watched it today. It was great. Los Correros. Um, but there's no traditional Survivor Series matches here. Which I think is why it made it one of the best. <laughs> what made it best was the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. For Shawn Michaels, who Strim just paraded around losing his championship in 1996. <laughs> oh, what's this year? 2002? Yeah, man's on top again. He's nonstop. <laughs> With um, the ugliest pair of tights I've ever seen him wear. Yes, was right? it the brown and white, right? Yeah, it was the shit tights. Oh, and the Dutch boy haircut. Yeah, he like had a Karen haircut at that pay-per-view for sure. Uh, this made both... I'm sorry, so I missed... I had to step away for a second, so... This was my number one. This is Trembley's number four, three. Okay. So, I'm keeping notes so I can come up with the final nice, Mount Rushmore. They had a, uh, the Dudleys reunited, and they had a nice elimination table match. Yeah, that was awesome. Public um, Enemy, man, they're pretty good. I mean, not, not Public Enemy, uh, Three Minute Warning. Good stuff. Oh, I like yeah. them. Look, I had Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels in the match. How could you hate that pay-per-view, right? Am well, I that, right? Was a, that was a stacked match. It was Kane, Jericho, Triple H. I like how you lead off a stacked match with Kane. Dude, <laughs> Kane, <laughs> Kane does not get the credit Kane's he deserves. very underrated. I, I love Kane matches, actually. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam, who actually had a really strong showing, surprisingly, in that match, too, in the beginning. Really? He was eliminated first. Yeah, but he was... <laughs> in- <laughs> that match was, like, 45 minutes long. He broke Triple H's throat and then got eliminated. Yeah. Jericho was really good in that match. I'd say Van Dam is the most overrated on, out of that... I mean, obviously, he's the most overrated in that match. Yeah, but he was super over at the time, and the fans go nuts for him. In that oh, match. for sure. I was never a big Van Dam fan either, but he Rob Van Dam is the 1990s version of Matt Riddle now. Or I should say Matt Riddle is the 2020 version of Rob Van Dam. I don't even think Matt Riddle can lace Rob Van Dam's boots. That's yeah, he, he doesn't wear shoes. There's no way he can lace his boots. You're right, Pete. He doesn't even tie his own shoes. That's too generous to Matt Riddle. I think Matt Riddle sucks ass. I think he's terrible. I'm not a fan. I mean... Him and his dumb mushroom tattoo. Bro. I don't see how Vince likes him at all. I don't see it. I don't get it. Neither do I, but... It is what it is. Um, so we lost, we lost Drem, but... I was on Pete's up. list. Pete, what was your favorite moment of my favorite? One of my favorites. Of my well, series. I have two. Um, HBK obviously winning the title was awesome. Yeah. And the Elimination Chamber, first one ever. And I also loved the uh, tag match with Kurt Angle and Benoit. And the Angle. what match? You can't the say that match. on the pot. Oh, the tag match. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, oh, I thought you said something completely different. Oh, oh. my. Um, I thought that match was really, really good too. That was an awesome match. Right. Uh, that whole card was good. That was uh, to me that I have my notes. I said the greatest. That was the greatest Survivor Series pay per view in history. That's what I have written down here. Oh. And I watched it today, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was very fun to watch. The crowd was great. That whole show. The critics. I like that it was a Madison Square Garden. What's weird for me is that it's not on my list, by the way, but because the Elimination Chamber sort of became its own entity. Yeah. Right. So that's 
that's one reason. Although I think it was a it was the right time to debut it. Um, but the Didn't triple threat. list because Michaels won the title. Let's be honest. <laughs> Lesnar versus Big Show. Who you know, Big Show. I fucking hate. He's a turd. That match was good. Yeah. That match was really good, and the fans went nuts when Heyman turned on uh, Lesnar. And when Lesnar f five Big Show, I was so happy. <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. All right, All right, so we got three apiece, two of Johns, and Justin and I are sitting at one apiece. Stram, what's your uh, what's an, another one from your list? Another one from mine is 2018. Idiot. <laughs> Which, um, not to be a hypocrite because I, I'm not crazy about the uh, Raw vs SmackDown angle, but. This one really worked. I loved it. This one worked. You know why? Because there was heels versus faces for the most part. Um, And really highlighted, in my opinion, by the two co-main events, particularly Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, which was, if you remember at the time, Lesnar was just destroying people within minutes. Um, And then I just distinctly remember he was beating up Bryan well, and then all of a sudden, Brian just kicked him a few times in the head and then turned it around. Lesnar ended up winning, of course, but it was a great match. Yeah, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Um, say what you want about Ronda, but that's a big-time co-main event. Um, yeah, the, night she, the night she became to hate wrestling, a quote from Charlotte Flair. Really? She ain't saying about Rousey or from... Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte's convinced that that's the night Ronda Rousey gave up on wrestling. Really? Interesting. Yep. Wow. Um, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali, or just Ali now. Huge. Seth Rollins. Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Back when Ali was cool before he was, you know, running a terrible faction. (laughs) (laughs) Seth Rollins versus Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That was a fun match. Um, The Raw and SmackDowns uh, men's teams were solid. That was a uh, five-on-five elimination match. The women's match was okay. But uh, Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan was really the reason this made my list. It's a good one. Didn't make my list, but I enjoyed it. Um, well, you know, I'll get my next one out while John's away from the desk just so I don't hear from him on it. 2019 made my my, wow. my, my rush more. I love the 2019 Survivor Series. We've got Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode winning an intra-brand 10-team tri-branded battle royal, defeating the Street Profits, the Forgotten Sons, the Lucha House Party, Hawkins and Ryder, Imperium, Heavy Machinery, Rizango, the Revival, and the OC. John, 2019 made my list. Wow. Um, a, battle, <laughs> a battle of the tag team champions. The Viking Raiders defeated New Day. Guys, and the I, I got to hang up. I got to hang up. How did you pick this one? I enjoyed it. You didn't I, even watch it. I'm you more interested to read the card. Vikings? Uh, they were the tag champs at the time. They suck. The tri-branded elimination women's match. Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley oh, Bianca Belair. All right, moving on. Forget <laughs> it. Forget <laughs> it. All right. Keep going. What's your next, no, what's your next piece? Of, I like 2019. What's your next piece of brilliance? <laughs> Finish it up. We want to hear the rest of your shitty pay-per-view. <laughs> All right. I like 2019. Next. Wait, who won 2019? Well, I'll give you one thing, Chris. 
Keith Lee had a good showing in that Survivor Series match. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> now he's shut. Sorry, don't be a little, you know, come on. Let's. This is a show. He's supposed to argue and, and have. Don't be a Martinello. Disagree um, with him. This show be very boring, so don't get don't no, take it. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, are you? Yes, I was gonna continue. The <laughs> tri branded women's elimination match Team NXT won. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, and Tony Storm. Team Raw was Charlotte, Natalia, Asuka, Kari Zane, and Sarah Logan. Pete, I can see you. <laughs> Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey, and Nikki Cross. <laughs> Then the uh, two of the best matches on the card, the mid-card championship match, Roderick Strong, Nakamura, and AJ Styles. Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne for the NXT title. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Baszler, yeah. Lynch, and Bailey. And then in the men's match, it was Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G. Rollins, McIntyre, Orton, Owens, and Ricochet. Ciampa. Priest, Riddle, Keith Lee, and Walter. It was a. I thought it was a great show. That's a huge names. Lesnar just beating the hell out of Rey Mysterio. Oh, it was great. The the only my major knock on this one is that they were like, here you will like and respect NXT now because like NXT won almost every match, and I get why they were doing it, but it, it you seemed will like a little, NXT. COVID seemed, killed it. COVID killed all their momentum. You it seemed COVID happened like five months after Survivor Series. What are you yeah. talking about? Seemed a little forced it, to me. COVID killed WrestleMania season. So let, just to just to recap, yeah. from NXT the the triple threat uh, cruiserweight. Oh, the, sorry. The, uh, yeah, Leo Rush beat Tazawa oh. from Raw, Kalisto oh. from SmackDown. <laughs> Then Team NXT won the Women's Survivor Series match. Roderick Strong won the championship triple threat match. Who's he? Shayna Baszler. He's really strong. (laughs) Shayna Baszler won the women's match. Team SmackDown men's was the only team to win that was not from NXT. And listen, you chose the wrong recent pay-per-view. The correct answer would have been the one where Daniel Bryan Almost beat Brock Lesnar. The one, that, the one that I just talked about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't listen to you. <laughs> you chose. I'm sorry, you all chose the wrong car. Uh, <laughs> you the the last great Survivor Series, all right, was when Sting appeared. Yeah, that was the one. When Sting appeared four hours after uh, Dolph Ziggler was getting his ass kicked yes. to come out and save him. That and was Dolph the one time. Left. Dolph Ziggler could have lost. 450 times, but That's Sting decided great. to come out on the 452nd time and bail his ass out. Sting, Sting in WWE was a complete disaster. Yes. Besides, oh, besides the one unveiling when they when they pulled up the curtain that became a meme. That you didn't was the like the Mania match with Triple H. No, that, was, that sucked. That was no. awesome. He lost. Why would he lose? NWO came out, and so did DX, and they all beat the shit out of each other. It was one of the best matches. Pete, no, it, was watch, it was like it was watching stupid. my grandfather try to punch air. Oh, I, It was like, oh, my God. I, you guys should go back and watch that match. I think you'd like it. It's yeah, really I think my my, my no biggest time. point of contention with that is that Sting lost. He should have. Well, yeah, he should have lost because WCW lost. He should have 
had a WrestleMania victory. I no, mean, he's I, fucking, he's Sting, for Christ's sake. Every Everything. team that goes to the finals doesn't lose, Strem. You gotta lose, you gotta win. It happens. Everything Sting was afraid of that would happen when WWE signed him happened. But he got the money. He got hurt. He would have gotten his wins back. He got hurt. Thank you, Chris. Some reason here. Some words of reason. Seth Rollins killed Sting. <laughs> he got a blame for Sting's run. Sting, Sting hurt Sting. That's a very safe move. Don't listen to Bret Hart. I, I, he's hurt a couple of people with that move. I think Bret's on to something. What? Wow. Okay. The Rollins in the, the Finn Balor injury was Finn's fault. He put his arm out to brace himself. Yeah, Finn yeah. Balor, by the way, he's another loser. I, I always come on. Trembly froze for a second. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're pretty good at this. <laughs> Wait, you tell me, John's good at not moving a muscle. <laughs> Jack, uh, Jack montage, the three of you now. Um, oh, that was good. <laughs> All right. So we've heard three from Pete and two from the rest of us. John, let's hear another one. Anyone pick the 1990? I, I nope. just step away for a second. Yeah, well, I, I loved it. I love the 1990 Survivor Series. I can tell you everything about it. It's on my list, too. I, I don't know if you guys heard, but that night The Undertaker debuted. And little did we know that 40, 30, 40, 30 years later, he'd retire side by side with a gobbledygooker. You know, <laughs> retired 30 years later? I can't believe the, the crowd re- reacted to the gobbledygooker was extremely negative. No shit. Didn't they have him appear this year's? Yeah, he showed up and won the 24-7 title. Of course he did, because you know they can't just leave that character be. Like they could just give Undertaker his fucking moment. Well, they, they did it on the pre-show. I mean, come on, they did it, it on the pre-show. Like, it wasn't like he ran out during his retirement. <laughs> it was on the kickoff, so I saw it and nobody else. Oh, all right. The gobbledygooker should have pinned the Undertaker. The greatest ending to a career ever. Yeah. It was he, Batman? Uh, Let's run down this card real quick. Yes. You got the first match of the night. Shane Douglas defeating Buddy Rose. Oh my god, what a barn burner. <laughs> it went it went and it went NA for time. Um, it was a dark but, match. It was I would assume I would assume that Buddy Rose is like the modern day Buddy Murphy. Um the reason why I picked this pay per view is for the next uh I think this is single handedly the greatest Survivor series team of all time. Uh it's called the Warriors and it's a tribute everyone who's on the team because it's headed by the ultimate warrior but legion of doom which i don't you know i don't know if you guys know they used to be called the road warriors and then it had the texas tornado who was the common a common man warrior or something like that what was his the name modern day warrior the modern day warrior uh, versus the perfect team uh, unfortunately the perfect team lost but here's something because this this was a very special Survivor Series stream, wasn't it? 
certainly was. Because the winners would go yeah. on to a, <laughs> a final match, and they would determine, <laughs> based on their allegiance to Healer Face, which, okay, uh, who was in the finals? So yeah. you get... So, moving along with the Million Dollar Team, defeats the Dream Team, of course, with The Undertaker. Did it. Um, so, the Undertaker didn't make the final match? No. He got counted out, baby. Yeah. The million Dollar Team. Right. Yeah, he's jobbing from day one. Uh, you had the Visionaries, another great name. Hercules, mm-hmm. Paul Roma, Rick Martel, Warlord with Slick, defeated the Vipers. Ooh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, Rand- and Shawn Michaels. Um, <laughs> no, the Vipers uh, was... Chris, who was on the Vipers? Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snooker, and the Rockers. Yeah. Uh, and then you had another Hulkamaniacs. God, this guy uses the same friggin' name every year. He had the Big Boss Man, who's going to be recounting ballots in Cobb County, Georgia for us coming this <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Jim Duggan, and <laughs> Tugboat defeating the Natural Disasters, Justin Strem, Chris Parcella, Pe- oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those, are, those are just regular disasters. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Barbarian, Dino Bravo, Earthquake, and Haku. Then you have the Alliance, which, what a weird, like, placement for this match. It's between the Hulkamaniacs and the final match. You would think Hulk Hogan would go on last twice. Uh, but the Alliance, Butch, Luke, Nikola Volkov, and Tito Santana, the weirdest pairing of anyone on the face of the earth, <laughs> versus the Mercenaries, Boris, who should have been on the team with Nikola, Sergeant Slaughter, Sat. Sato? Who the hell is Sato? Sato Tanaka. Tanaka. The Orient Mr. Express. Mr. Fuji and General Adnan at ringside. And then in the finals, you had everyone, all the survivors pulled up and they picked sides. Uh, imagine that the faces went with the faces, the heels went with the heels. Uh, Hulk, Tito Santana, and the Ultimate Warrior. I think Tito Santana was doing the work in this match. Um, oh, he was. It was a three-on-five, Chris, because more more heels survived throughout the evening. I like that idea, by the way. I like that spin yeah. on the whole uh, concept. Um, I the what ruined this is match one. The Warriors um, should have just crushed the perfect team. Like that would have been. I don't know. I, I feel like they had eliminated more people than I feel like this led to more eliminations than normal. Yeah, well, Demolition was, was, you know, they were big boys at the time. Well, they're big now. I don't know if you've seen pictures. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah this, that was, uh, that, that, that's Survivor Series 1990 for you. I love Survivor Series 1990. It's my, uh, my, my number one is my Washington, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, uh, I think Washington was the best president. Uh, well, he was first. God, so, you, know, know. you know Lincoln freed the slaves, right? Yeah. You guys haven't lived through a Biden presidency yet, so <laughs> this. Yeah, and none of us will. <laughs> it's, it's it's three things for me. You covered it. It's the Undertaker debut. It's the roster itself. If you just read, like almost this whole roster is in the Hall of Fame, or will be. And then, um, you, the 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 champ the the main event to have all the faces. Today, Junior. To have all the faces versus all the heels that survived is such a great concept. I wish they did it every year, but they only did it once. They should but. do like a fantasy, like like what they do now in football and completely fuck up the Pro Bowl. They should do yeah. like a fantasy draft at the end of the night. Uh, if it's like two champions or two, you know, big names, they should buck up and pick teams of, of the remaining pool. 
I think that'd be kind of cool. I'd be in. But so, I, I would say if if they could make a good decent like if, if they could expand the rosters of 1990s video games, I think everyone on this list, including Buddy Rose, would be in the video game. Should should have <laughs> been in the video game. Sugar Shane Douglas. So 23 of the individuals that wrestled in these matches are in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Um, that's that's incredible. out of out of about 40. Yeah, five, eight. Yeah. Um, there are. I do have some notes. Um, the Undertaker was a replacement for Bad News Brown, who had left the company. Hmm. Um, let's see. Haku replaced Ravishing Rick Rude, who had left the WWF over a pay dispute, but in storyline, he was suspended by Jack Tunney for insulting the Big Boss Man's mother. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh! Leave uh, the Boss Man's parents alone, do they? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and John, you would, uh, I think, John, you had mentioned that Boris Zukov being on the Mercenaries didn't make a whole lot of sense. He was a last-minute replacement for Akeem, who had left the WWF in October. So for what, for what reason? Barely brothers. He was done of pretending to be um, from the deepest, darkest Africa. Oh. <laughs> tired of not shaving his head. Eh, probably tired of a lot of things. Um, this was the only pay-per-view match between Demolition and the Legion of Doom. This is one of Axe's last matches. He was not long for the WWE after this. He would be replaced full-time by Crush. Um I yeah I love I love this. It's a great pay per view. And there's a note on the Wikipedia page: 21 wrestlers from this pay per view are deceased. So then there's that. Wow, what a morbid freaking well, page. I mean, when you put it that way. Shit. All right, so we now have <laughs> well, we now have three oh, from everybody. So one more left for everyone. Uh, Pete, you started us off. How about you hit us with your last one? All right. Well. In a year that there wasn't much to talk about in wrestling, it certainly delivered one of my favorite Survivor Series. That's right, Chris. John muted you. John muted you. You dink. John, unmute him. I can't. You have to unmute yourself. Pete, unmute yourself. Very nice, John. I'm sorry. Was, you, you were rolling into it. I see you had Anyway, so um, as I was saying, look at him flapping his fat gums like he thinks he, we can all hear him. Anyway, 1995 Survivor Series. In a year we all thought that wrestling was not very good. It was all very bleak. Well, it brought us this gem of a pay-per-view. Um, Landover, Maryland, USA was the venue. 14,500 was the attendance. And Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Mr. Perfect round up your commentary team for the night, boys. Strap in, we're going in for a ride. The dark match were the Smoking Guns defeating Public Enemy for the World Tag Team titles. And now we get to the nitty-gritty. We have a Survivor Series elimination tag match with the Body Donnas featuring Rad Radford, Skip, 1-2-3-Kid, and Tom Pritchard. With Sonny and Ted DiBiase uh, defeating the underdogs, Barry Horowitz, Bob Hawley, Hakushi, and Marty DiGennetti. Now, my this is might might be one of my favorite Survivor Series matches of all time. It was a lot of fun to watch. Marty Jannetty, before he murdered somebody in the back of a restaurant, went the distance but could not cut it against the one, two, three kid who was the sole survivor of that match. 
If you remember, the crowd popped big time for this. Very, very fun match. Oh. Um, I wonder why they put it first. <laughs> well, because they had a wild card match at the end. They had to get these out of the way. So, one, two, three, uh, kid, uh, he was the sole survivor peak. Did you know he was also a last minute replacement for the pirate? I did not know that. Who's the pirate? I don't even Jean-Pierre know. Jean Pierre Lafitte. Oh. The, the current PCO. Now, why was he a last minute replacement? Because Lafitte left. Because Lafitte he was, he, lose. Was mad, he was mad <laughs> about having to lose to the world champion in Canada. Oh, I remember that against, uh, against Diesel. Brett? Diesel. Diesel, okay. I don't know why. Right, isn't that the leather jacket guy, too? He stole Brett's leather jacket, and that was That's the story. That's why I got confused about Brett Hart. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, okay, then we got a Survivor Series match again. Uh, but this was the women wrestling this time, which actually was actually a good match. Uh, Alunder Blaze really stood out. Um, Aja Kong, who is, um, you know, that Kong lady's mother. From AW, Bertha Faye, who's my <laughs> sister, um, Linus Asuka, who's Asuka's mom, and <laughs> Tomoku Watanabe, uh, she's nobody's mother, with Harvey Whippleman defeating Alundra Blaze, Chaparita Asari, Kyoku Inouyu, and Saki Hasagiwa. Um, yeah, great pronunciation. <laughs> Aja Kong was the sole survivor. Uh, and then she went. Then she gave birth to a woman, and she was on uh, that show on Netflix that everybody loves. She's reading Netflix verbatim. <laughs> Did you know Aja Kong made her All Elite Wrestling debut on May 25th, 2019? <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Aja Kong was on the. Uh, initial AEW <laughs> pay-per-view. She was in a six-woman tag team match. Oh, Pete, tell me about how Cole just defeated Bam Bam Bigelow <laughs> in a singles match that lasted eight minutes and 18 seconds. Yes, well, that's what happened. And uh, it was not a very good match, Justin, as you can imagine. Oh, uh, uh, I thought it was quite good, actually. <laughs> I didn't think that one was very good at all. I do like Bam Bam Bigelow, but to me, this was kind of the dud of the pay-per-view. Then we have a Survivor Series match with the dark side, Fatu, Henry O. Godwin, Sabio Vega, and The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. Oh, yes! Uh, with Triple H, but who was Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time, uh, Kane, a.k.a. Isaac Yankum. We, we all know his better identity, Isaac Yankum. Uh, Jerry Lawler and King Mabel. If you remember, this is the uh, match where King Mabel uh, doggy-style raped one of the wrestlers in the middle of the ring. It was very fun to watch. Oh, oh we, we blocked that one out. Thank you. Uh, well, it was very good. It was very good. I, I enjoyed that. Was it? The survivors <laughs> were fun. Not you. Daniel Godwin, Savio Vega, and The Undertaker. They all survived. Then you had the wild card match, uh, which uh, had one of my favorite moments, if you remember. Uh, Ahmed Johnson splashing on Yokozuna and then doing the highest pitch screech <laughs> in celebration. Um, also in this match was Shawn Michaels, Sid, and British Bulldog. Um, and they beat Dean Douglas, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Yokozuna. Everyone was really pissed because Razor Ramon got eliminated super early in this match. It was a big shocker at the time. But like I said, Ahmed Johnson just screeching after he splashes Yokozuna was one of the best moments I've ever seen. It was great. 
And now for the best match of the night, and I think one of the best matches in Survivor Series history, I must admit, Bret Hart defeating Diesel for the, uh, <laughs> oh, I get it, um, defeating Diesel for the WWF title. If you remember, the big spot of that match was when Bret got uh, tossed into the table, and that was like kind of risque for that time. You didn't really see that happen much. That was pretty cool. And then, obviously, Bret uh, sneakily acting like he can't move at all, and then he just puts Diesel in the cradle, and then one, two, three wins the title. People people did not believe what happened. Because Diesel, I think, had held the title for over a year at that time. He was, like, on, on top of the world there. So uh, big win for Bret Hart. He'll tell you it was Diesel's best match ever because he wrestled Bret. Um, <laughs> But, no, I thought it was a very fun, you know, for 1995 being a terrible year in WWF, I thought this was one of their strongest shows that year. So there you go. Very nice. Agreed. I remember Agreed. that match. That was a great match. Um, man, that reminds me. I've been trying to put together a segment. Which which one of these things did Brett not claim he invented? But it's so hard to find stuff that he, <laughs> that he doesn't take credit for. Yeah. That, was a, that was a nice ending to a bad year for them, I would say. That's a yeah. good point. One of the worst WrestleManias. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by far. Royal that, Rumble. A great Royal Rumble. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I just really enjoyed that Asuka's mom and Kong's mom were in the match. That yeah, was great. I, I forgot great. about that tidbit of history. You know, it was just cool to see the generations, you know. <laughs> Oh, just another lineage in wrestling history. That's right. John, what's your uh, final final, final pick? <laughs> Did he mute me? No. Oh, he's just being like that. He's just... Okay. Oh, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> my final Survivor Series <clears throat> pay-per-view uh, was my favorite not. Maybe not so much for the pay-per-view, but for the build-up to it, which is rarely seen, um, was rarely seen back then, and sure as hell is rarely seen now. Uh, Survivor Series 2006, where on the Monday Night Raw, back when Raw was important and uh, they didn't really do anything on SmackDown, um, they brought out, Strim, do you remember this? Every team came out. I think we watched it. Yep. DX was in the crowd, someone was on the stage, someone, was, someone else was in the crowd, someone was in the ring. Everyone came out and just busted each other's balls, and, like, it was awesome. It just, like, it showed team unity, which is rarely, like, these teams usually just show up day of mm-hmm. and cut a promo and call it a day. Uh, let's get to the event. Um, <laughs> Carlito defeated Charlie Ha oh. in five minutes even. That's weird. Dark match. Uh, the first match was a uh, kind of a, you know, this is a, a very gimmicky match. It's Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Ron Simmons, and Sergeant Slaughter with Arn Anderson uh, defeated the Spirit Squad. I mean, it's got to be Dusty's last match, right? I, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Spirit Squad was kind of like a Legends versus Idiot thing. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously the, le- the Legends won. Uh, Chris Benoit, I don't know who Ooh. that is. Defeated Chavo Guerrero with Vicky Guerrero. I don't know who that is. By submission. Excuse me! uh, (laughs) He defended his United States Championship just like he would defend his own family. Uh, Oh, Christ. Mickey Mickey James defeated Lita. Another barn burner. That Uh, had to be good. This is where the nitty-gritty comes in. This is my favorite match. 
It's Team DX, which I think should have been DX, like, the third incarnation of it. CM Punk, The Hardys, Sean, Triple H, defeating Team RKO, uh, which was Edge, Johnny Nitro, Randy Orton, and two other guys. <laughs> to a point where Shawn Michaels eliminates... <laughs> Mike Knox and Gregory Elms. Yeah. He eliminates Mike Knox, goes over to the corner, and asks his team, who was that guy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is probably one of the greatest... Come uh, on, that's burying a guy. Come on. But it's, well, that's well, well, Team DX buried the entire rated RKO team. So uh, they, I think they did a clean sweep. It was, uh, yes, they did. That's amazing. That's, I love yes. the spot with uh, Sean and Molina. Very funny. What so, so my, Michael's is doing like the over under thing with with John Knight, Johnny Nitro. Johnny Nitro ducks. Michael slides out of the ring and puts his arm around Molina, and she thinks it's Nitro. So she's like, ooh, baby. Turns around, sees it's him, screams, falls down. Michael pretends he's afraid of her. Oh. I think she would have been more turned on with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> what year was this one again, John? See, this was Survivor Series 2006, so I think it happened in 2008. Um, <laughs> we're a little, little backed up. The year of our Lord, 2006. Uh, the next match uh, makes no sense. It's Mr. Kennedy versus the Undertaker in the first blood match, which the first blood match is a Kane gimmick. Um, the final Survivor Series match, oh, it's a doozy. You got Bobby Lashley. <laughs> this is a who, terrible oh, Survivor Series. I don't know, I, I don't know why Bobby Lashley came out five times that night. Bobby uh, Lashley one of the greatest talents today. What are you talking about? Well, what are you talking about? I'm also, Kane, you guys just yammered on about how great Kane was. He's, he's in the uh, hottest faction in wrestling right now. The Hurt John business. John Cena, the pothead Van Dam, and Sabu defeated Ooh. Pete's favorite wrestler of the big show, Finlay, Montel Vontarius Porter, who I believe is MVP for you people not in the know, <laughs> uh, Test and Umunga, which I don't think I'll do this. Umunga was the greatest wrestler to never win the title. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Three-minute warning. Well, that match sucked. And then, um, <laughs> but here's here's where Strem comes back in, uh, and this is something that AEW ripped off because it's a last chance match. If Booker had gotten disqualified or counted out, he would have lost the title. This was his last chance to defend the title, but he didn't. Booker T beat him, and Booker T was probably one of the greatest champions of all time. So I'd like to take this off my list. You probably should because. <laughs> This might be on the Mount Rushmore of worst Survivor Series of all yeah, time. Well, I, like, I said, <laughs> like I said, I think, well, first, I don't know if you guys remember this at the beginning of it, yeah. I thought we were picking the best teams, and Team DX the third was my favorite team. Yeah, but on yeah. top of that, my favorite moment on Raw in the last 80 years um, was the moment when all the teams came out uh, at the beginning of it. So I think, I think the hype was better than the... Uh, yeah, which is, that's important, though. I mean, the hype is, is arguably well, more I'd like important. to switch this up with Survivor Series 2020. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It was, I heard it wasn't a terrible pay-per-view. I just never watched yeah, it. Was it was 2006 bad. or 2020? Both. Well, 2006 after Why? Why do you keep saying it's 2008, though? I don't, I don't get that. It's wrestling. You can say whatever you want. Oh. Do you know the All 25th right. anniversary was only All for right. the 24th WrestleMania? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, my last one on is actually pretty high up my list. It's from 1992. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, I just can't get enough of Shawn Michaels losing in the main event for the title. It's really what it boils down to. Uh, I'm kidding mostly, but uh, the main event was Bret Hart uh, defeating Shawn Michaels by submission. In that was nearly a great match. It was. And then Santa came out at the end and gave Bret Hart a hat, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, but um, also on this card, Mr. Perfect, who replaced the uh, exiting Ultimate Warrior, Mr. Perfect teamed up with Randy Savage to de- to defeat Razor Ramon and Ric Flair, which is quite quite a tag match. Um, we had The Undertaker beating Kamala in a coffin match, uh, otherwise known as a casket match. We also had an underrated feud, uh, Tatanka beating Rick Mar- defeating Rick Martel. Uh, as you remember, T- Rick Martel would say he was smelly and all that stuff, which uh, you can get away with back then. Um the Head Shrinkers defeated High Energy, Coco Beware, and the late great Owen Hart. And the opener, Big Boss Man beat Nails. Yoko Zuna squashed Virgil. And then in the four-on-four Survivor Series match, the Nasty Boys and the Natural Disasters um, defeated Money, Inc. And the... Greatest tag team of all time. Bo and Blake. The, the Beverly, Beverly Brothers. Brothers. Wow. So my hats off to you, 1992 Survivor Series. Hey, that rhymes. That's pretty good. That's a good card, yeah. Not bad. All right. Not last, bad. last and certainly least. <laughs> my 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 final one is the first Survivor Series, 1987. We had yes. Team Beefcake, Brutus Beefcake, Jake the Snake. Jim Duggan, Randy Savage, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Team Honky Tonk Man, Danny Davis, Harley Race, Hercules, Outlaw Ron Bass, and the Honky Tonk Man. Then we had um, Team... Oh, the survivors of that match were Savage, Roberts, and Steamboat. Then we had Team Moolah, Rockin' Robin, the Fabulous Moolah, Reba McIntyre, and... Not Reba McIntyre. (laughs) Velvet McIntyre, Drew McIntyre's mom. And the jumping, <laughs> and jumping bomb angels. They defeated Sensational Sherry, Don Marie Johnson, Somebody Cristinello, and the Glamour Girls. The jumping bomb angels were the souls. Chris Martinello. Yep. Brian Brian's aunt. Um, uh, then we had another ten team on ten team tag team extravaganza. Uh, Beautiful. The British Bulldogs, the Killer Bees, the Rougeau Brothers, Strike Force, and the Young Stallions defeated the Hart Foundation, the Bolsheviks, Demolition, Dream Team 2, and the Islanders. And the Rougeaus were faces at that time. Yes. Before uh, Jacques grew in his weird beard, his dad beard. And then in the main (laughs) event, Team Andre got the win. Andre the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, the One Man Gang, and Ravishing Rick Rude defeated Bam Bam Bigelow, The Rock, Don, The Real Rock, Don Morocco, mm-hmm. Ken Patera, Paul Orndorff, and Hulk Hogan, who got counted out because he always refused to take a pinfall. Andre the Giant was the sole survivor, setting up their February main event match where an Andre would win the world title and surrender it to Ted DiBiase in a reign that never counted. Setting up uh, WrestleMania 4. I'm so glad that this was the last one we talked about because it's beautiful. It is what Survivor Series was meant to be. If You, you know, there's there's only four matches on it. Yep. Three, 
three five on five and then one tag team five on five tag team or ten on ten. Uh, each match got over 20 minutes. The tag team match got almost 40 minutes. Um, and look at look at the list of names on this. Really awesome. Look at it. Just look at it. Just look at it. So um, anybody got honorable mentions? Uh, Survivor Series 2006. <laughs> I heard you like that one. Can you elaborate? Well, it happened in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll, show, I'll shout out some quick matches, actually. If, unless you're serious, Trembley. I'm not fucking serious. He already talked about 2006. 1994. 1994. Uh, Bob Backlund in a 35-minute match beats Bret Hart when Owen throws the towel in. Great match. Uh, yep. And then the royal family with the midgets, Jerry Lawler and his midgets. Oh, versus no, hey, hey, Doink hey, and his write that down. Write that down. You can't <laughs> no, say that. that was, Strem, I don't have notes on that one. That was Doink, Dink, Wink, and Pink yeah. against Lawler, Cheesy, Sleazy, and Queasy? I think, I think. that is either Wheezy or Queasy. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful match. 1993, the Hart family um, versus Sean and his knights, but... Another high point of that one is the guest appearance of the tag team from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I want to talk about the Heavenly Bodies, Jingalo Jimmy Del Rey, and uh, the other guy <laughs> versus the Rock and Roll Express. Um, the uh, Doctor Dr. Desire Tom. Tom Pritchard and yeah, the Jiggalo sorry. Jimmy Del Rey. Right. Uh, 1998 showed up for me because they had a tournament for the championship um, after – um, Vince was pissed off at Austin. That was when The Rock beat Mankind in the final. I love championship tournaments, so a shout-out to 98. 2000, Undertaker versus Kurt Angle for the championship. Stone Cold and Triple H fought in the 25-minute main event. We had Kane versus Jericho. And we also had a Survivor Series match with the Radicals, or essentially the WCW uh, cruiserweight legends like Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Uh, and and uh, of course, Benoit. 2003, Team Angle versus Team Lesnar, Team Bischoff versus Team Austin, Mr. McMahon versus Undertaker, and Goldberg versus Triple H. And then in 2016, I just remember the sticking out, Goldberg squashing Lesnar after Lesnar had basically run roughshod over everybody. So there's a lot of uh, moments in Survivor Series histories that stick out. There's, you know, the cards ebb and flow, but... Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, it's given us a lot of memories. You're Excellent. right, Justin. Oh my God, what a great way to sum up this podcast. So. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I had 98 as an honorable mention. I had 02 as an honorable mention. 94. I didn't love 94, but it has my favorite Survivor Series team of all time: Michaels, Diesel, Owen, Anvil, and J E double F J A double R E double T. That's Jeff Jarrett, the Teamsters. Yes. Um, which is a ni- which is a nice in joke on unionization and wrestling. Yeah. Um, and then I had the Boston Triple Crown because I was at all three of them: ninety three, oh eight, and thirteen. None of them are stellar in their own right, yeah. but just being there, you know, makes yeah. them better, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, ninety three my... was ninety three was what kind year of terrible. Was we went to was that thirteen. Now, um, that was 2008. The casket match. 2008. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, 13, yeah, yeah. 13 was like ago. 13 had like <laughs> two Survivor Series matches. It was one of the, uh, the Shield was at 13. The Rhodes Brothers was 
at 13. The Wyatt family wrestled Punk and Daniel Bryan in a tag match. Um, I mean, thir- again, 13 wasn't great, but I was there. I was seven rows back on the floor. I got tickets day of because everyone was watching the Broncos and the Patriots. Jokes on them. I got home in time to see the Pats win in overtime. So yeah, I got nice. the best of both worlds. Excellent. Um, so, yeah. I think Survivor Series 1986 was one of my favorite. Of course. <laughs> but that took place in 1988, right? Yes, yeah. of course. You gotta play the game right. Uh, all right. Um, uh, any ideas for topics for our next episode? I think we should do the top Survivor Series teams. Sure. We've already <laughs> done that. You bet your ass I already got a fucking list ready to go. Actually, John John actually gave me an idea for a topic without even realizing he did today. Oh, the um, best pay-per-views that happened two years after they actually happened. No, it was um, my – I was going to say the, the most overhyped pay-per-views that didn't deliver. Oh, Wow. So they had a great build, but the actual show itself wound I, up. You know what, Pete? I could name 36 of them right now. Well, that's great. All, you have to narrow it down to four. And they all start with WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Total, How about total, barring, barring WrestleMania? You can't pick any WrestleManias. That's, that's a lot of research, given that there's like 14 pay-per-views a year. But I'm up for the task. I mean, I know, it's just an idea. You don't have to pick it. I really. Pete, what if, um, what if we amend that to, top, you know, top four WrestleMania matches that didn't live up to the hype? So they pumped these main events, and you, they were. You know duds. what? Okay, I feel like that'd be too easy, though. We'd probably have a lot of the same matches. Let's be okay. a little more topical, and let's say, because let's be honest with ourselves, we're not recording between now and next Monday. <laughs> but, but what's a major event that happens in December? Uh, a little, little, little event called Starcade, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, top, top four Starcades of all time, or some. Or Starcade okay. matches. You I've never seen a Starcade in my life. So well, Pete, Pete, that's why, because now you get yeah. to broaden your horizons. That's John, cool. Starcade now because mistakes were made today. Um, Starcade events or Starcade ma- matches? Well, I think where. We can matches. all take a look at the cut now. You, you want matches? I'd like to do matches. All right, we can do matches. I think it's easier to pick yeah, matches. Maybe spend I, the I next two weeks of my life watching every Star Yeah, well, no, there's, there's a process. Quick, quick matches, quick matches. So, okay, so we're not using the Starcade that happened, uh, what, was it last year? Oh, yeah. Traditional. Of course. Traditional. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. When Clearly. it was a pay-per-view. Clearly. Yeah, I like that. Top four Starcade matches. Well, you know, guys, you just got to remain topical to stay relevant. Right. Um, and to uh, just to recap the proceedings, I've got the with the most uh, votes or most appearances on lists, our collective Mount Rushmore of Survivor Series events, a three-way tie with two, two uh, positions each, 2002, 1996, and 1988. And with three out of the four lists having it, 1990. So 2002, 96, 88, and 90 is the Mount Rushmore of Survivor Series events. Did cool. 2006 make the list? I wasn't paying attention. 2006 <laughs> happened in 2008, which means it got four <laughs> votes for 1988. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, no, I'm going cross-eyed. So uh, that's going to do it. Um, go to Steigl's sli- Slice House. <laughs> Steigl's Lighthouse? Steigl's Slice House, get a Steigl's family pretzel, 
sign up for Brian Martinello's masterclass and talking to your friends. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Oh, you're not gonna on... plug some the sirens, or you just oh oh, 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 guess, oh guess, 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 guess you don't like Pete's album that much. Okay. I I've mentioned Sound of Sirens twice since we hit record. That's true, he has. Give us the URL, Pete, and, and I and I paid go. I paid for Sound of Sirens on oh, iTunes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Got the I, I, will, I will reimburse you. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete Venmo him right now. <laughs> Hey, this is the man that bought the original uh, $5 yeah. CD of uh, pre-amorphous amorphous. Oh, man. Well, I want to tell you, this is going to be way better than that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't, Pete, don't oversell. <laughs> this yeah. is a late Pete love. Tell the listener about Sirens. Well, you know, uh, during COVID, as we all, you know, we're kind of bored at home and I just didn't know what to do. I, I made a challenge to myself. I've always wanted to, like, legitimately produce and record and write my own album. I, I, I like to play guitar in my free time, and uh, I like to dabble in the production and do some research on YouTubes. So uh, I'm 14 songs deep. I'm going to narrow the list down to about 11 or 10 tracks. I'm almost done. And uh, it's called Sound of Sirens. We have two singles on uh, all your favorite digital streaming platforms like itunes and spotify and check them out we just released our newest single last week and uh yeah thank you for the plug check it out all right what should we search sound of sirens album or p carapazes just search the the uh actual pro- uh, band name sound the sirens oh sound the sirens all right. yeah and uh and we're gonna have a special as you guys know uh we one of my tracks is gonna have a very special guest Famous keyboardist extraordinaire of, of, for the rock stars, Derek Sherinian. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it'll be it'll be a, hopefully a fun listen. It's it's an instrumental guitar album. So if you don't like instrumental albums, this is not for you. But if you like if you like music and you like melody, this is definitely right up your alley. Can you get it on Guy Tunes? <laughs> I, I'm gonna put it on uh, Guy Tunes for you. Yes. Okay, I'll get on that. There's some kind of new app called Deezer, and I, I'm on Deezer as well. I don't know what it is, but it's like Squirrel, but it's free. Yeah, so I'm I'm on all the all the platforms: Amazon, iTunes, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon, Amazon, the iTunes, E-tunes, MyFace, <laughs> MyFace, Spotify, Words 2.0. And uh, I want to thank all of our best friends for not even liking my posts on my music thank you all (laughs) such good friends except for obviously the three of you who've been very supportive and and patient with my blabbering but yes to uh, to all my other friends that were in my wedding thank you for not showing support (laughs) (laughs) listen people like here's the thing people want to put you in a box and you're supposed to stay in that box and you're supposed to do what what they expect you to do and when you it's funny when you branch outside of your comfort zone, the, the first people to leave you are usually the ones closest to you, which is an ironic thing in life. That's actually so, a pretty, pretty interesting point. I never thought of it. I, I'm just kidding. I, I'm not, like, hurt by anything. But no, it's no, kind of cool that you – it's Brad, interesting that you said that. It is interesting. Brad, you are astounding. He's like, a smart man. You he should is. go right, – you're like niche. Go write a fucking book, just like your philosopher. <laughs> okay. you, you're going to go to you're gonna go to Myrtle Beach and write a book about philosophy. I, I will. What I love about Justin, he's a very wise man. 
He's wow. very he's very caring. He's a good man. He's honest. And uh, I respect the hell out of him. When he has something to say, I listen. I like Well, him. I think he's well, an idiot, you. and I'll never listen to another <laughs> thing he says. In fact, you know what? Well, Pete, I'm so close to Strem, I'm leaving him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, based on that last compliment, I think you are very handsome and tall and smart and oh. funny. Wow. Tall? Very much tall. Now I know you're, you're stretching, but I'll take you. <laughs> you're tall compared to Strem. Yeah, tall to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, no, if, our, if our listener has made it this far, thank you for listening. Maybe you could tag Sound the Sirens when you post the episode tomorrow. I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Good luck. Hey, hey, hey. You can use it as the closing music for the week, but again, no pressure, no pressure. I'll be opening. So the closing we have set. Right. Closing we have set. Yeah. Opening. Okay. All right. The opening, whatever. I mean, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Pete's going to sue us because we're using this clip. Uh, guys, before we all go, as the new uh, host of the podcast, um, I just want to go around and I want you all to give me one thing you're thankful for. All right. Uh, we'll start with you, Pete, because you open your mouth. It's only one thing, though? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm thankful for my wife. How's wow. That? That's okay. nice. I was going to say you guys, too, but I only could oh, say one thing. So. You could have said friends and family. And it's... All right. Well, that's two things, but friends and family. How's that? All right. Well, we, we take the fun out of this. Chris, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> oh, man. Before Pete made it real, I was going to say I'm thankful for the mute button. I was going to slap all three of you. Um, oh, God. I, I don't, you know, I don't like getting real on anything ever, anywhere. Um, I guess I'm thankful that just we've all been able to avoid this uh, pandemic yep. health wise. I know, you know, in different ways, everyone's been affected on a professional level. But um, yeah, just we've been able to stay away from getting sick off on this shit. Uh, Chris, I, I think it's it's a little scary on the work front, on the career front, like you know. But as long as we have our health, the other shit doesn't really matter. Oh come on, Pete, fuck up! You got your music to back into. <laughs> I, hear, I heard your mortgage payments two fifty a month, <laughs> and that's with a period. <laughs> Justin Strem, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful. Joke wise, for having the most ravishing body in the WWF. <laughs> and I'm thankful legitimately because, it, you know, it's easy to lose sight of. It's been a frustrating year, but we have many blessings and we should count them first before we start counting our complaints. And we have a roof over our head and we have food to eat. We have jobs. Yep. And uh, it's it's very easy to uh, bitch and moan. And I'm the first to do it. I'll admit it. But um, we have we have many, many luxuries that we live in the most uh, cushy time in the history of the world and people yeah. forget that so we have a lot to be thankful for justin's oh. just throwing out truth rockets all know, over right? tonight it's yeah, jesus great. christ Oof. well uh, i was gonna be thankful for something jokingly but uh, <laughs> uh, i guess if you're all <laughs> um aside from friends family and a uh, roof over my head and a job that will probably kill me uh, 30 years too soon um <laughs> I'm thankful to live in the greatest state in the Union, the state yes. of New Hampshire, where yes. we're only required to wear masks, but no one's going to tell on you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not thankful because I don't live in Oregon where I can shoot heroin and snort cocaine, but I can't sit with my family. But most of all, I'm most thankful that I know all of you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm also thankful for Justin Strem's editing skills because otherwise <laughs> I would be jobless. So thank you for that. 
I would like to hear Justin edit us all, all we're thankful for with words he's taken we've <laughs> taken throughout the podcast. Yeah. I'm thankful for uh, Buddy Rose. The <laughs> <laughs> Virus Series 2006 occurring in 2008. The big show. Like, <laughs> the end of. Uh, the end of the Simpsons episode where yeah. uh, Poochie, <laughs> I have to go to my home planet now. They lose <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> oh, um, man. All right, boys. I have to go oh, eat dinner. All right. I got to go finish preparing gnocchi for Thanksgiving. Talk to you later, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you before Thanksgiving. So. Oh, I'm sure between now and midnight, I'll get 75 texts. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Cue the Rougeos! Bye.